This is the Money Seed Podcast, where we discuss all things investing, plain and simple, the way it should be. Please remember, this show is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended to be investment advice. Welcome back to the Money Seed Podcast. He's Chris Ferguson. I'm Gabriel Stvore. And today we are talking about real estate investment. Chris, why don't you kick us off? Gabe, thank you so much. Here's the real estate quote of the day. Uh, it's a quote by Andrew Carnegie. So 90% of all millionaires become, become so through owning real estate. More money has been made in real estate than in all other industrial investments combined. The wise young man or wage earner of today invests his money in real estate. Andrew Carnegie, billionaire industrialist. Hmm. Well said. And that is actually, I think that, even, I mean, Andrew Carnegie was around quite a while ago, but I believe that still holds today. And that is more households became millionaires from real estate than from any other investment venture. And looking at stats are great. It, in my personal life, I know, I personally know people who are involved in real estate and they're by far the wealthiest people that I personally know. Um, I know some people who dabble in stocks, real estate, and they've done, they've done well, but the people that tend to keep their wealth and have it grow over time, it tends to be real estate investing. So we are talking about uh, different financial metrics today. We're going to start with the first one. First metric being price per square foot. So if you are looking at, to buy a single family home, multifamily, um, whatever it is, whatever type of property you're looking to bet, to purchase, um, price per square foot is a really good measure because how do you really compare a house in one neighborhood compared to a house in another neighborhood. Um, if you're using price square foot, it's really important to really know you can't compare a price per square foot, say in California, which is a really expensive market, to a price in the middle of um, West Virginia, just because the locations are different. So you have to compare comparable neighborhoods in comparable cities to really get a feel for how much, um, is that a good purchase or bad purchase? That also gives you an insight into the cost per living in a city. So if you're looking at the cost per square foot of a house and the way you figure out the cost per square foot is you just look at the, how many square feet you have. Um, You look at the cost of the, the building and then you just divide by one by the other. So cost divided by number of square feet and that gives you the dollar per square foot. Um, for that house. So if the cost per square foot is really high, that gives you an insight into that city or that town or that neighborhood. This is a very, if it's high, it's a very costly city. And if the cost per square foot is very low, then it's probably a cheaper area. Um, Often people struggle when they're looking at houses in comparable neighborhoods. And again, this is a nice, this is how much it costs per square foot. Um, what what goes into that though is if you're investing, the insights I, I personally take away from it is if you are renovating a house and you're putting in super expensive tile, super expensive wall fixtures, at some point you get to diminished returns because you're making the house look really, really nice, but you're driving up that cross that price per square foot. So if you have house A that's a given size and the house B that's the same size, at some point, the nicer finishes are just not going to be worth it. And that's why what I've noticed is if you look at spec houses built by builders, 
they try to keep the price per square foot down by putting in often cheaper carpet, cheaper fixtures, because it's really hard to put a tangible benefit, a tangible upside to, you can get a doorknob for, I don't know, $10, or you can get a really nice doorknob for $100. Does that really add to the value of the house? It's just a doorknob. Or you can get super expensive carpet or just basic good carpet. Um, what are your thoughts, Gabe? Yeah, because after a while, if you start buying the expensive stuff, then the house is just going to seem expensive, right? And, and people, whenever they're buying a house, they, they, they want to get a, a good deal, right? Like they want to feel like they're getting a good deal. Yeah, you have the occasional buyer who falls in love with a property and they'll you know, pay premium for the property they fall in love with. But I still feel like most people want to feel like they got a good deal. Well, and, and then the challenging part is you can put in these really expensive fixtures, but they're still then unique to your taste. What if the person who wants the house, they don't like your taste? What if they just have different taste? And then you've put in these really expensive fixtures that then they're going to want to rip out anyway and customize that is their house to their unique um, style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially, I mean, get, getting this back to investment properties, right? Because an investment property is different than a property you want to live in yourself, right? Because yeah, if you own your own house and you plan to live there for a long time, you want to personalize it. You want to make it all look and feel like the way you want to make it look and feel. But an investment property should be easy to rent, should be easy to maintain, should be easy to fix. And you're right. You don't want to put too much customization into a rental property. I think that's just asking for future headaches. And I think if you're younger and I think actually I take that if you're older and you know this is the house that you're going to live in for the rest of your life with a high degree of certainty, you can customize that house all you want to. But if you're younger and you're building a house and there's a chance you have to sell it, it's a house is a large investment. And yes, you do want to customize it, but I have seen houses that are very expensive that were very custom. And when life happens and the people just have to sell their house for a variety of reasons, um, job changes, divorces, they just need to move for whatever reason. Um, they can't sell this house. Um, I saw one house in particular. It was a very, very expensive house, but they put in pink tile everywhere. The bathroom was, it was just, everything was pink and the layout was odd. And every single person that went through that house, it was really clear they would have to rip all of this pink tiling and pink stuff out of the house, which would be very costly. And because of the cost of the tile they put in and the cost of all this, these pink fixtures, they just took a huge hit on the amount of money they put in to build this house. And, and Chris, quick question. So getting back to the price, right? And, and looking at investment properties and analyzing investment properties. When you, I, I imagine you're looking on the internet, like when you first start looking, most likely you're looking at some kind of MLS listing or Zillow or some other similar place. What is the first thing that catches your eye about a property before you click on it to take a closer look? First thing is a low price per square foot. Because then it, it implies there's some sort of deal there. Exactly. I, I'm 100% the same way. It's the price. You know, whether it's the price for the home, usually I see the price first and then, and then I start looking at, okay, how many square feet is it? How many bedrooms it has? How many bathrooms does it have? And then you start looking at the details, but you're right. I think price per square foot is a great way to compare homes in a similar area that are a different size. Like one is one has an extra bedroom or one, one might have different, you know, bigger garage or like bigger basement, whatever. But I think price per square foot helps compare homes that are slightly different. 
And even if you're looking at different types of houses, or if you're looking at like multifamily houses, like small apartment buildings, duplexes, et cetera, the same, every, all these things, same things apply. Absolutely. So I think that that's a first, that's a good first step, right? Is you start looking at a whole bunch of different listings and you find the one that looks like it's a good deal. And why is it a good deal? It's because it's got a low price per square foot. And if you can fix the ugly house by um, upping the attractiveness of the house, you could increase the price per square foot with a perceived value. So let's say that you have really, really old dated carpet and ugly paint. Well, you can change the old outdated carpet, put in vinyl flooring, et cetera, paint the house, which is relatively cheap. And then you can charge more for the house because it's attractive because most people don't want to deal with that extra headache. And then you've upped the price per square foot. So we don't have to use this uh, example, but we can. So just to put the numbers into perspective, our 500 square foot home, we bought it for uh, just, well, we bought it for almost exactly $100 a square foot, right? We spent just over, uh, we spent $22 a square foot to fix it up. And now it's worth almost uh, 180 a square foot because 200 a square foot would be $100,000. So we went from buying it for 100, putting in 22 bucks a square foot, and then getting it up to uh, like $180 of value, right? Of, of uh, 180 bucks a square foot. So rough numbers and, and whatever, but that's roughly how it worked out. And, and that's a really good upside for, and it's controllable. So the thing that I like about the real estate investing is if you have the skill set to make a house look attractive, you can start leveraging your insight into making a house look attractive, maybe putting in some market equity to really up that price per square foot. Whereas if you are investing in the stock market, you're just hoping this company will go up and down. They have all these internal dynamics of the company that you have no insight into and you have no control over and you're just hoping it will go up, but you really have no control over it. You can control the price of labor. You can control your insight into what will make a house look nice and not look nice, et cetera. In small Midwest towns, you can get an older home usually for between say $75 to $100 a square foot when you purchase it. And sometimes you can even get it lower. Sometimes you can get it for like $50 or $60 a square foot. And then you can spend maybe $20 to $25 per square foot to fix it up. And then you can bring the value up or you buy it for 50 bucks a square foot, you upgrade it for 25 bucks a square foot. And now maybe it's going to be worth 80 or $90 a square foot. And that the difference there is the value that you have unlocked from, from the rehab. And so like that, that's a very, very quick, very like first pass. When I first see, see a property, that's the first thing I'm asking myself is what is the price per square foot? How much can I unlock if I upgrade it? And roughly, I mean, Chris, you and I have done this a basic gut job, right? With basic flooring, walls, like drywall, paint, maybe a, a small upgrade in one of the bathrooms, uh, you know, repaint kitchen cabinets, like a, a basic gut job with no surprises. You can do it for 20, between 20 and 25 bucks a square foot. Agreed. So Gabe, thank you so much. This is the insight into price per square foot. It was a great conversation. Looking forward to the next podcast. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Yeah, so like this is this is what the first pass 
looks like when Chris and I look at investment properties and we can talk about the, the next steps in the upcoming episodes. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening. All right. Like, subscribe. See you next time. Thanks.